Hello and welcome to Walk the Cinema Podcast. We're here with a familiar guest, Eric from Find Your Film. And we're going to be talking about My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. But first, a word from our sponsor. So uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself again, just in case someone's new listening to this and doesn't know who you are. Yeah, uh, my name is Eric Holmes, and I am on the Find Your Film Podcast um, with uh, my co-hosts, Greg Serzabosti and Bruce Perky. And um, once a month, Bruce and I will join Greg on his and Anderson's uh, podcast, Cinematics. And they're just movie podcasts. Uh, you've heard them before. You're listening to one now, <laughs> a really good one now. So congratulations to you. I also uh, really like listening. Find Your Film. They talk about a handful of films, and a lot yeah. of them are like really new. You haven't heard of them before. It's a, I end up adding a bunch of them to my watch list. Yeah. It's and a really actually, good way to find new stuff. And this uh, this one I picked this time uh, was one we did talk about. Um, mm-hmm. It was a couple years ago. Um, this one made my uh, top movie of that year. It was just uh, one of the, I mean, uh, first time I was on here, I talked about uh, uh, Last Man on Earth, which is based mm-hmm. on I Am Legend. And so I figure, yeah, let's talk about another vampire movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's a vampire movie without really being about vampirism mm-hmm. you know we don't know how this character ended up with this disease mm-hmm. affliction and he's not the killer in any well not on purpose in any circumstance yeah so it's a different type of vampire movie it it goes along with the new trend of elevated horror where they're mostly analogies and they use these horror tropes as analogies for different scenarios and I think this is more of a fa- family drama and how we handle sickness of loved ones and just the dynamics that happen when you're stuck in a house with someone that can't take care of themselves. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, uh, it's almost, uh, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the vampirism almost takes a place of like a, a cancer or some sort of illness. Mm-hmm. And it sort of plays on the, uh, how a tragedy within a family can tend to break it apart sometimes you know yeah. uh granted people don't have the tragedy of uh our younger brother's a vampire and we got to kill people but there, you know there's certain things when uh you know a family member gets sick or something bad happens that's usually something everyone's got to come together and deal with and it's not the person's fault you know it's not the uh, person who's sick's fault it's just it's just a thing that happens and sometimes that can be that can weigh on people in different ways and I, I think it, I, I think um, as vampire movies go, uh, it uses that really well to kind of, uh, uh, kind of, dis- uh, you know, discover that or kind of talk about that sort of dy- dynamic, I think. And it also uses it effectively to be like somber and like keep you on your edge because you don't know what's going to happen. And you see the brother, the healthy brother, like kind of wanting out. And not wanting to kill people, but you know they're still involved in this scenario where they gotta kill people if they want their brother to survive. So it keeps you guessing in that sense. So it's not like it just uses the vampire as an analogy for any other disease. It's also effective as a horror, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and also I think it uh, um, just in terms of using certain tropes like uh, the zombie genre. Um, 
you know, the, there's a lot of zombie movies, but and like, um, and you know, people have done zombie movies really well and said more than just you know the the splatter horror version of it. Um, I I just I I think what draws me to vampires in general is that you get more, uh, you know, that there's a lot more. Uh, what's the word? You can do a lot more. Uh, uh, vampires, I think, are a lot more versatile to mm-hmm. play around with ideas, at least in my opinion. But uh, we haven't really explored the uh, chupacabra uh, <laughs> movie, so maybe maybe chupacabras are more versatile than even vampires. <laughs> that would be interesting to to see done. Yeah, even like werewolves are used to represent things, represent yeah. personal change or hardship. But I yeah, really... va- vampires I think are the most diverse. Sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say I really like showing the dynamic between siblings i guess in terms of taking care of like this sick family member um when i think of people having to to sacrifice for a family member you usually think of maybe like a parent relationship like trying to sacrifice to take care of their child and so i think they did it did this in a a different perspective which was kind of nice yeah, and it's a, a true dynamic that happens in real life. You were mentioning that a lot of times s- healthy siblings are kind of put to the back burner in relationship to the unhealthy ones because the parents have to take care of one. And it's obviously going to be the one that can't take care of themselves. So that's a dynamic that we don't see that often. Mm. And it's a lot yeah. of times we watch Rent-A-Pal earlier. Like the oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it's yeah, a really, really good, good one. one, and it's a, a son taking care of his mother that can't move. We also have the opposite. But this came in a sense where, like, they don't owe him much, or sometimes they start feeling like they don't owe him much. They just do it because it's their brother that they yeah. love. And it's it's a, it's a different, because your parents are not your siblings. It's always a different relationship. I don't have siblings, so. Yeah. And, that, and also, there's, like, a, like, you know they they all care for each other i mean yeah. and so much so that they're willing to kill people to to keep their yeah. brother alive but then there's still the resentment that builds you know yeah. and there's still tension that builds and all all that's natural when you mm-hmm. know when you're that tight knit and you're dealing with uh you know um any sort of burden or issue between the family and you know Sometimes, sometimes it's sickness. Sometimes uh, your uh, sibling turns into a vampire. You never, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, I, another thing, because uh, um, doing the doing the podcasts every week, I don't often get a chance to revisit movies a lot. So I was uh, more than happy to revisit this one. Um, but uh, one of the things that I just completely forgot about was. Um, uh uh dwight patrick fugit's character uh he goes to the guy that he's got tied up in the in that shed mm-hmm. and uh the guy doesn't speak english yeah. and so um he, you know he's talking to patrick and it's got the subtitles of what he's saying but uh or uh he's talking to dwight and it's got the subtitles of what he's saying um and then dwight's just kind of kind of adding his own shit onto that yeah and then so there's like this this back and forth, but like uh, no one's really listening to each other. And I think that's a kind of a, another fun dynamic. It's kind of uh, it was real subtle, but it was another fun dynamic to kind of like throw into this because like 
is is air quote slow as this movie is there's like a a lot going on underneath the surface i think yeah they all kind of need outlets outside of their family yeah dwight has a prostitute he visits often and she ends up not surviving and the younger brother is always looking for kids his age to interact with and that turns out well yeah yeah I, actually, I guess I guess all things considered, that was probably the one thing. Uh, by the way, spoilers, but uh, just go watch the movie and then come back here. Yeah. Um, but uh, now that I think of it, that uh, his friend that came over, that was the one thing that, I mean, relatively speaking, did kind of turn out well a little bit, at, at least for a, at, at least for that character. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it turned out as well as it could have. Oh yeah, like yeah. Who his siblings were, but you know, I think that, like you were talking about, they each have their own little outlets, or they mm-hmm. end up getting their own outlets. Except really for Jesse, the sister, she doesn't really have anything outside no. of taking care of her family. She's literally sacrificed her life to care for her younger brother. Even at work, she's working and she's looking out of the window trying to find someone to kill. Mm-hmm. Where she says, I saw this woman, she's a prostitute, let's get her. She's a lot of the times not paying attention to the people in front of her that she's I mean, she's a waitress, so she's taking their their order. Their order, and then she's just looking out of the window, always thinking of how to protect her brother. Yeah, I kinda I kinda saw her character as kind of uh she's so focused on on uh taking care of Thomas that um like like when when Thomas springs up, like we should go out, we should go out. You know, it, it would be good for us, and he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But also, she's like, we can't. Well, yeah, you, you can you can maybe uh un, you know direct your focus to something else once in a while, and then that'll kind of relieve some tension, which they never got to do. And I think um, that that's important too. You know, uh, just because you have a burden you have to deal with doesn't mean you have to focus on that burden 100 percent of the time sometimes you need to step back and you know what let's uh let's do something different let's change it up let's you know cut loose yeah. a little bit yeah. um she's so worried about him that she ends up doing worse for him yeah by you know trying to protect him so much not letting him move and do anything yeah. that he ends up just kind of rebelling and wanting out yeah, and I that scene in particular where they're having dinner and he's asking to leave the house and she's saying no and he just wants to know why and she just doesn't really have an answer for him except that it's late, she's tired, all like the standard kind of excuses you give when you just don't want to do something. And he, um, Thomas spills the blood that, that they gave him mm-hmm. for dinner. And she says do you have any idea what we do to get to get you that blood or something along those lines and like I feel like that's that kind of spoke to me in a way because I don't know I I do have siblings I'm the oldest sibling in my little family and so Mm -hmm. yeah so like having not that I have ever been in a situation like this before but there have been times where it's like I've done something that i didn't necessarily want to do for my sibling and then they act ungrateful and it's the most infuriating thing that you do kind of blow up at them because it's like I I have sacrificed whatever to make you happy or to make you 
you know, whatever, you know, cater to them in some type of way. And so when they act like ungrateful, it's, yeah. it's hard to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's kind of, uh, it's hard with like, uh, like with kids, for example, like, you know, in that scene, Thomas is just lashing out because he's yeah. frustrated. I'm stuck in this goddamn house. Let's, I, I don't have friends. Like, I, I understand you guys are keeping me alive, but the, like his quality of life is so low. Yeah. Like he's just frustrated with that. And uh, Jesse's quality of life is also low because she's got to deal with it. And so the, you know, it's, it's like the tension building between them and just him pushing the blood off the table. It's just kind of, kind of uh, this comes to a head. But again, the what happened right before that was the, uh, the hey, maybe we should go out and do something. Let's blow yeah. off some steam because it, it's clear that this family is as much as they care for each other, and as much as uh, Jesse and Dwight, um, you know, want to kill people as much as they don't want to to uh, keep their uh, brother alive. You know, that that shit weighs on you. You gotta, you gotta, it can't be all business. You know, life should be like a mullet. <laughs> party in the front or party in the rear business in the front or however that goes it, 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 but that speaks to how effective this is as a family drama which I think some people would criticize this for not being a real horror movie which I disagree I think there's a lot of horror elements and a lot of tension that comes from the horror but it's so effective as a family drama that people think it's not a horror movie I think that's like the top review on IMDb or something where they liked the movie, but they said it'd be better received if it didn't advertise itself as a horror movie. Um, I don't, um, I don't know. I agree with that. I don't agree. Uh, because, (laughs) um, when you put, I I think it's not, uh, I mean, I think, I think this is pretty well received for the most part. Um, most, uh, most reviews I've seen of it have been pretty positive. Um, but I think, Maybe it's not as uh, viewed as much, but that has nothing to do with how the advertising is in that, oh, they advertised one movie and it was something else. In fact, I think the I think the, the trailer kind of nails the tone of what this is anyway. I think but, the problem is the studio. I, I think it's just not enough people heard about it. Yeah, because of that, the studio. I, if this was I, released I'm, by A24, this would be a hit. Oh yeah, for yeah for sure. Um, and that's yeah. I shouldn't even say this because I I'm too ignorant on it. But I think a lot of that comes down to just marketing. Yeah. Like uh, I'll just uh, put it on a tube and you know hope for the best. Well, I guess this is on Shutter. Um, but uh, you know I think with a lot of indie movies like this, I I don't know this for a fact, but I get the sense that they just kind of dump them on streaming services and hope for the best oh we'll play it in one theater in new york and mm-hmm. one theater in la and hope hope it catches a buzz but that seems like a lazy way to go about it especially when you got a movie this good like yeah, yeah. why not get behind it and just like go whole hog but maybe they saw the movie and they didn't see what people like i, I think a lot of people that watch this is like this is really good yeah. um but they probably watch and go, oh, just a, a little indie thing. No one cares. And it's like, no, people care. You just gotta, you gotta tell them <laughs> that, you know, even if, even if you, even if you trick them with like a, you know, a misleading, uh, a misleading trailer, you're still getting them into the theater. You're still getting mm-hmm. them to watch it. 
and whether they like it or you know whether that you know you whether or not they're happy that you misled them is another issue entirely yeah but i i don't think a trailer that misleads someone is why people don't watch it that mm-hmm. just means that people will be misled go watch it and be either pleasantly surprised or pissed off that it wasn't the movie they wanted yeah. but once they watch the movie tickets already paid for you know mm-hmm. that they're not gonna go oh well i've never and then go back and get a refund i don't think that happens often I think this got unlucky with the distribution if this got picked up by universal or a24 this could have been received really well like lamb was kind of similar to this in pacing and family dynamics and that didn't get received super well by a wide audience but it made enough money to be worth the publicity that a24 put behind it yeah and I think this would be the same, if not better, because I think this would hit closer to home to a lot of people. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was pleasantly surprised watching this, just of like how much I kind of related to it. Mm. Just because, I mean, I've kind of been in a situation where I've, I've had to take care of a sick family member periodically throughout my life. And it's really hard to take care of someone who's sick that you care about. And it's, it can be frustrating. You do have to like sacrifice certain things and you do have to do things that maybe you don't necessarily want to do, not, not kill anybody. But I think this is like showing, showing that kind of thing in a dramatic way. Yeah, where It's an extreme where like it, it, I feel like it is kind of showing that it, in an extreme way that taking care of someone does make you sacrifice a lot. Like mm. they had to sacrifice their morals by killing people to keep this person, to keep their sibling yeah. alive where, you know, most people that take care of sick people or, you know, whatever are sacrificing like their social life or a job or something. So yeah. I think it was just really relatable. And I, I, did, I liked that about it. Yeah. I also think movies like this and not just this one, um, uh, exclusively but just movies like this where um you know it's got the vampire element so it's got a little bit of fantastical stuff in it but i, I think when you watch movies like this you can kind of step back and see yourself in there and uh see like okay they're going through a similar thing that i'm going through and they're having these problems but since you're looking at it from a distance you can say oh these these are the problems these people have and this is how you can fix them um and then maybe uh, maybe go back and go, oh, wait, I'm going through that same shit. Maybe I can fix my life in a similar way. You know, maybe I can take the mistakes these people are making and apply it to my own life and yeah. maybe kind of course correct a bit if, if need be. Yeah, I agree. I also want to mention that I think the two sibling dynamics, I think kind of are both extremes of the one that's incredibly dedicated and would never do anything that wouldn't be to protect the brother and Dwight being the other extreme where he wants out. And I think both, both of them are the extremes, but a singular person would go through both things at different points while taking care of someone that's sick. I think this really nailed the dynamics super well. And I was, I was really surprised how good this was. I read the synopsis. I, I don't really watch trailers. But the synopsis didn't do a good job at explaining this. <laughs> it's very just one sentence. Oh, it's a family that has issues. That's it. We don't slow, know what they are. Slow vamp or a slow uh, a slow family drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. is. <laughs> yeah. It is. Actually, I got a IMDb up right now. I'll just read the synopsis on here. And of course, it's going to take forever to load. So, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just we just watched it right before yeah. we we started yeah. recording. So, um, it was very fresh on the mind. Mm-hmm. We're still thinking about everything, mm-hmm. unpacking it, and uh, yeah, I think I was very surprised from the beginning when it started. I was like, "Oh, it's going to be good." Like I didn't have any doubt as soon as it started, and it's him with the guy in the car and then he kills him yeah that the tone was gonna really suit my sensibility yeah and it it did and it's really short so it, it never has a chance to lose that's team yeah i think that was, was it, like 75 minutes or something like that or i it, it's under an hour and a half i think yeah but here, here's the synopsis on imdb two mysterious siblings find themselves at odds over care for their frail and sickly younger brother yeah yep exciting just so exciting (laughs) and i don't it's like the siblings aren't necessarily outwardly at odds i would say it's mostly kind of silent like they're it's Mm -hmm. not like they're having big arguments over the care or even like Mm -hmm. really having conversations about it they're not really butting heads in the typical way they're just they just know each other because mm-hmm. they're siblings yeah. and they kind of realize that they're kind of separating in the way that they react towards what they have to do mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and the, uh, there's also just all that resentment just kind of bubbling mm-hmm. below the surface that that's why i say like movies like this um and this one especially it's like it on its surface it just seems like a uh i think a lot of people be like oh it's slow not much happening but like when you when you really get down and focus on it that that's why i think movies like this should always be seen in theaters i mean granted it's not in theaters now so you can only watch it streaming but i think movies like this work best in a theater because the world around you is gone it's -hmm. just you in a theater looking at the screen and you got to be completely focused on it and then so movies like this that are air quotes slow and boring, um, when you're focused in on it, you start seeing all that uh, really subtle uh, relationship stuff going on. You know, a certain look or someone does something that like if you're only half paying attention, it's not going to mean anything to you. But if you're dialed in, it's like, oh, like, uh, you know, when she's in the car and she looks over the prostitute and sees her brother walk in, you know, it's not like a big moment. But if you're watching it and you're paying attention, that's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause she, she even mentions that she's scared that he's going to, to leave them because she can yeah. kind of sense that he, I mean, he, he doesn't want to kill people. He's kind of expressed that he at least feels bad about it. And there she, she is seeing that he's making a connection with someone that could potentially take him away. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably why she ends up killing the prostitute character so that she gets rid of any chance that he would have had to, to leave and start a new life, or at least yeah. that's what she thinks she's doing. That part kind of reminded me of Doctooth from uh, Jurgis Lantimos. Which is a great movie. We got to cover that sometime. But that's his outlet. And when she takes it away from him, it just makes it worse yeah. for him. 
And that's when after he sings the song that gave the movie its title. And the I don't remember what the second line is, but it's something like I'm stuck in this love for you or something like that, which is the description of what they're doing. They're stuck in this situation that they don't like because of their love for their brother. And she knows that he wants out in some sense. Yeah. I think this is also like a, does really good at, uh, um, with a, with character work. I mean, it does a fantastic job with that. Um, but it's like, uh, one of those, uh, you know, basically doomed characters and it kind of, in in some ways it's frustrating because I just want to, I want to hop through the screen (laughs) and talk to all three of them and go, guys, guys, let's, let's, (laughs) you're fucking up here. (laughs) let's let's talk this over let, you know let's get some uh let's get some levity here let's uh you know uh because like grand they're doing terrible things but you understand why um yeah. and they're kind of it's almost like uh at, at one point um i was like maybe they talked to someone like why why keep this a secret you know i, I granted you know he needs blood and they got to kill people but like how did it get to this point why you know didn't they bring a doctor over you know you start thinking of stuff like that where it's like uh you know after the fact it seems so obvious granted if you're in that position and also that's the that's the premise of the movie so you kind of let stuff like that go but at the same time it's like um you know go go find a medical professional and see uh you know get a hold of social services or something and see if uh see if we can help or maybe maybe that's just another uh commentary on it uh because who wants to go to social services when your brother's a vampire no one's gonna help you right you know who who, uh how do you get um how do you get medical help when you don't have insurance you know so yeah yeah, i guess i take back everything i said sometimes (laughs) uh so it seems so easy yeah just go ahead and get help maybe you can all the time and yeah maybe that's another point that i missed yeah i think it also (laughs) don't listen to me about anything (laughs) it might also be just like the untrustworthiness that i think jesse might have towards other people because i think that you at least i got the sense that she was the one in charge she's the one that kind of takes charge yeah when he doesn't kill eduardo she goes out and kills even though that's not her job Mm -hmm. because she makes money by working so that's his job yeah and even just like sub subtle things like right at the beginning where they're sitting down in front of the tv eating food and she says that her food is cold she just reaches over and takes some food from (laughs) from dwight's plate i it just got the sense that she's the one in charge and she's the one that kind of runs this the show and so I think it it might be her untrustfulness towards everybody outside of their family and why they don't you know allow for him to interact with anybody or you know interact with other people themselves besides their their small jobs in town because I don't know I think that you know it, it would be reasonable for me if he's a vampire and he can't go out into the sun that it would be okay if they drove around at night or if he interacted with people at night at least mm-hmm. you know could kind of keep it a secret I would assume if they didn't want to like go, yeah. come out and say that he's, he's a vampire. overprotective yeah to a fault but uh I also wanted to kind of uh point out um so it's uh Jonathan Quartos is a writer and director mm-hmm. and his brother uh Michael 
is a cinematographer for this. I think this movie looks amazing. It's, it's like not... really, it's like really dark, but it's like moody, but not like uh, mm-hmm. um, it, it you know looks like a ran down house, but it doesn't like you know sometimes you see uh, uh horror movies and they go into they go into hospital that's supposed to be all sterile, but instead it's all like just dripping with goo everywhere, and it's mm-hmm. like a working hospital. It's like that's not a hospital I would ever go into. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. put a bullet in my head and end it quick if that's what we're doing. But uh, it, it it maintains like a dirty look without, while still kind of uh, being grounded in reality yeah. uh, for the most part. I mean, it's stylized for sure, but not so much so that it looks like a, you know, like a uh, Tim Burton movie or something like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but, I agree. I love the way it looks. The aspect ratio really helps with the closeness of the film. Because if you if you shoot this in a wide camera, it's fine. No one's gonna really notice or care much. But when you decide to make it this size, it kind of closes you in with the characters, which is kind of the point of how they live in general. And some people don't realize that there's a point to aspect ratios, and they think it's just because. Yeah, and sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. That's the problem. It's. People do that and they do like angles with the camera, not meaning anything. And that's what makes people think that it's just a style choice. When in this, I think it's obviously to close down just the world. So it's puts you more in the shoes of the characters. Yeah. 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 Oh, poo. Oh, I, I know what I was going to ask you guys. What kind of what was uh, uh, before watching it? Like, what was your like was this movie on your radar at all or no. and then when it became there like what kind of what was your thoughts going into it it wasn't on my radar i mm-hmm. never heard of it somehow i also had never heard of it but well, we already we already covered why that is because <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't advertise yeah. it for shit yeah no and i don't know just like because the only thing that i saw about it i didn't really look into it before we watched it was that little synopsis, synopsis yeah. the one sentence synopsis so i was like this isn't selling me on anything. I have no idea what this is. I thought it be. could be interesting, given that, you know, the current climate of this type of horror movie has been really good. There's a lot of just stuck in the house type. Rent a pal, we talked about, very similar in how it's in the house and then they get out of the house for a little bit. And it, I just know that they kind of suit me. And I like the pacing, I like the, the stories being told. So, I wanted to watch it, but I didn't know what to expect because it doesn't really describe it much. I'll be honest, I uh, I just wasn't looking forward to it because it just <laughs> didn't sound, you know, very interesting based on the the synopsis, and I couldn't really glean anything from the poster. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, "Yeah, oh, this might be fine. We'll see." Yeah, I don't like but... the poster. The poster doesn't do a good job at selling it either. But I I, 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 I like the poster from like a kind of a. I don't know if Art Deco. No, that's not the right word. It, mm. It's just uh, it's got like a real similar or a real simple look to it. Mm. So I, I I like that. There's not a lot of messiness to it. Um, but those are kind of yeah. The, the, that it's two sides. It's the brother versus the sister, but that's not what the movie is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, the, as far as like a poster like grabbing you, saying that's the one I want to watch. It, I, I I just think it looks neat, and the fact that I love the movie, like <laughs> I totally have that poster on my wall. But yeah, it, it's not 
that sometimes you get sometimes you get posters and you watch and go i don't even know what that is but i have to watch that movie yeah. Yeah. that's not quite that poster no i do but, think like I, I definitely am glad that we watched it because i really did enjoy it and mm-hmm. like i said i felt it was pretty relatable even for being a, a horror movie about siblings <laughs> killing strangers to feed to their brother you know? yeah, I think I think with the what got this on my radar was the title actually. I saw the title and was like mm. my heart can't and, and I can't remember how I came across it, but the, I I like really like long or poetic titles. Um, mm-hmm. Just like the the idea of my heart can't beat unless you tell to. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what that's about. And then I watched the trailer. I'm like, I must watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a neat title. I like the title. Yeah, I like titles that are kind of stand. They stand out. Yeah. They they could have called it like a stab or blood or Definitely. bond or whatever like mm-hmm. that. There's a um we watched a movie recently um the the uh original title is Sagasu um but the American title is missing mm-hmm. and I don't know if you have uh if you have Google in front of you uh yeah. type in missing type in missing or Maybe even missing film. Missing. And you will come up with so many movies that's not the one I just told you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you type in my heart can't beat unless you tell it to, there's one movie coming up and it's yeah, this one. Exactly. Yeah. If you do type in missing, <laughs> there's just there's too many. Too many things yeah. to to parse through. You can make a lot of movies about missing. Yeah. But yeah. I, I like the title and I like how they utilize the the saying the or the phrase in the film. Cause like you said, it it really does kind of reiterate the fact that like they're doing all of this because of their love but it's also kind of destroying them as a family yeah another uh uh, another movie i really like um that has a uh this one was uh a24 one and i i think it was moderate hit at least for its budget i guess i I don't know but uh it comes at night Mm. granted mm. that that was another one uh with what you were saying earlier where they advertise the movie of something that it's not at all that movie and even the title like suggests like uh oh this is a monster movie it's like uh, no <laughs> not not yeah. really but just the the idea of like it comes at night and then you watch this really dark trailer and it's like ooh, ooh, what, <laughs> what, what's this what's this all about uh kind of intrigued me to it and i ended up loving that one too um and the, and those two have a really similar kind of uh, kind of tone to them. Maybe it's just that tone I like. Yeah. That that <laughs> and uh, that and uh, uh, Christmas rom coms, which uh, we're getting in the Christmas season, so I'll get yeah. to watch Single all the way again. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I made it's him watch uh, all the Christmas movies uh, with me last year. Mm-hmm. Or like pretty much. Of them. So I don't think I can get him to do it again. Yeah. Well, it's easy for me because, like, our podcast, our podcast, we do a lot of uh, indie movies, mm-hmm. and a lot of indie movies are like bummer movies. You don't get like a lot of light heart. Sometimes you do, but for the most part, um, they're they're really bloody or really dark or really depressing or, um, you know, uh, uh, documentaries about you know torture and you know just people in despair. Yeah. So whereas. You know, years ago, you would give me a put a rom com in front of me and be like, not interested. 
now just uh <laughs> steeped in depression uh you know just with all the movies i'm watching then when uh when a uh, christmas rom-com comes in front of me i'm like oh fucking please i cannot wait to <laughs> watch this and kind of get a little palate cleanser there was one christmas movie i got to pick last year so i picked uh the pressing indie one mm-hmm. called christmas again about a christmas three tree salesman in new york and i love that one yeah so I'll watch that one again. It's okay. It's not as as cheery as no. I want my cheesy yeah. Christmas movies to be. So, wish uh, wish Jim Varney was still alive. I could I could go for a new Ernest movie every every year. <laughs> Ernest Ernest saves my uh um yeah Ernest saved my livelihood. I guess I I don't know if that's the right word term for it, but uh yeah. Yeah. I I don't have anything clever with an earnest title, oddly enough. <laughs> so I guess I I guess that's uh, kind of fitting. Yeah. I guess we'll get to the ratings. Uh ratings for My Heart Can't Beat unless you tell it to. I'll let you go first. I give it a seven out of ten. I really enjoyed it. Um like I said, I think I can relate to a lot of the themes and it. I think it does a good job at like, or at least it did a good job for me at making me examine those types of relationships that I have with my, my family in particular, you know? Hmm. Um, but I don't know if it's a movie that I'll revisit again anytime soon. I feel like after watching it, you know, I really enjoyed it, but I don't know if I'll get anything more out of it than I got going like through this watch through, I guess. I'm stuck between a seven and an eight, probably more leaning towards the seven. But I really hope that this director and I guess his cinematographer brother get a a bigger, slightly bigger budget to work with, especially a marketing budget. Uh, yeah. I think they have a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. And I got the sense that this was already like super well done for what they had. So they're not amateurs at all. And I was very happy watching this for the first time. It was a great choice. Yeah. I, really I mean the this one's uh this one's a ten out of ten for me. I mean it was my favorite favorite movie of that year. And yeah. I, this is kinda like um especially after watching again, it just got better. And but you know, to to your point, <laughs> it's not a movie that's like Oh, I could go for something lighthearted. Let's put on my heart can't beat unless you tell it to. Like it's yeah. not a it's not a air quote fun movie, mm-hmm. but it's got uh it definitely intrigues me. And every time I watch it, um, which hasn't been unfortunately hasn't been that many times, but um every time I watch it, I kind of just get new stuff out of it. And yeah, it, it, this is like one of those movies that I watch and go, if I ever got to make a movie, I hope it's that good. Yeah. For a first-time feature, this is incredibly good. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, um, hopefully they get to, like you said, hopefully they get to do another movie soon. Um, but I can't help but think that, uh, you know, so sometimes like it's like, unfortunately for them, my bar for them is set so high. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, can can you do better than that? But at the same time, I, I love this so much that like. I wouldn't expect them to. Oh, oh what the fuck it was it? Um, uh, the guy that did Bone Tomahawk. 
and then uh, he oh. came out with uh, Dread Cross Concrete and then and, Cell Block uh, 99. Those are all good. Yeah. So anyway, I, I love Bone Tomahawk and then Dragged Across Concrete was coming out. And I'm like, I still like Bone Tomahawk better. And yeah. I still like Bone... Uh, Block 99 is about... I'm kind of back and forth between that and Bone Tomahawk. But even when Dragged Across Concrete came out, I was so hyped on it. And it wasn't as good, but mm-hmm. I still loved it. And so, like, you know, it, if they come out with the My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To, too um or, or whatever whatever their next you know hopefully they don't i, I can't yeah, imagine like, how you do a sequel to this but whatever their next movie is like mm-hmm. i'm definitely excited to watch it and um you know it doesn't have to be as good as this but i i think uh this is like one of those uh early filmmakers like uh, on the show we watch uh uh, uh maddie doe uh her she came out with a movie called the long walk and then um checked out her her other movies um and if she comes out with another one like chantelay's fucking awesome long walks awesome if she comes out with another movie like the bar for her is set really high you know because she's so talented and her movies are so good um like it just because like if she comes out with a movie just because it's not as good as the long walk doesn't mean it's a shit movie yeah, Be- yeah. because when you set a bar that high like you just gotta you gotta meet expectations, I guess. Like, no, no one can make a movie that good again. <laughs> but if you do, I'm <laughs> I'm excited to see it for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think with at least them, since you know, not a lot of people saw this. If they come out with something that's a little bit more widely known, mm. maybe they yeah. won't get. You know, even if it's yeah. not as good, they won't get. But there's also the Cash Twenty Two, and if it's more widely known, it might be more commercial. Yeah. And this not being commercial helped it make it that good because it could be more subtle yeah. and slower than it than if you're trying to sell it to a big audience. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I would also say like uh, this is like one of those movies that like uh, um, I think if a studio came across or like a, a, a well, I guess Patrick Fugis and he's a pretty big actor, but like like let's say uh, um, I don't know uh, Chris Hemsworth comes across it. <laughs> oh i really liked your movie i want you to direct the next thor movie or whatever it's like oh well at least we got this one out of because mm-hmm. they're gone forever <laughs> into the marvel machine um yeah, but but it um greg often mentions of like a really interesting filmmakers like what what if they had like a 100 million dollar budget like mm. just to see what you know as creative as they are with this what could they do with something like a big budget thing and that but you know that's you can't be creative with a hundred million dollar budget because you have to make the money back too big yeah. of a risk for it's that. But like as a weird. as a concept, it would be cool to see something like that happen. But it's also oftentimes worse where you have this budget and you feel like you have to spend it. So sometimes yeah. your vision is there and you you make the movie and you have everything and then you're like, there's so much money left. Why don't I put an explosion or more CGI or something yeah. and it makes the movie worse? We saw like M. Night Shyamalan do that. And a lot of people gave uh, Robert Eggers mm, yeah, the, a hard time the for uh, The Northman. Where oh, I, I love it, The Northman. I, I like The <laughs> I think it's my favorite movie of his, but his budget was immensely larger than his previous two. Yeah. And it felt like it, which I guess some people didn't like. Yeah. But I mean, that that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, um, uh, 
you know, you get uh like I I didn't love the witch. Like mm. the a couple of the characters kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I I I appreciated I appreciated the movie. It was just kind of like the uh was it the younger daughter and the mom character was just like grating on me the entire time. I was like, get me the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> but I I still appreciated it, like the uh the movie itself. Um and then of course Lighthouse was awesome and then Northman. And the, and actually, he's got a uh, Bruce and I did a thing about this. He's got a short based on the Telltale Heart that's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, point being is that it was, you know, he was making these small movies, and it was just kind of cool to see what he did with the uh, budget. Like regardless of how responsible that is uh, to throw millions of dollars at something that's probably mm-hmm. not going to make that much back. Might, might not. I, I don't know what they're. I also heard somewhere was. it might have been middle class film class that uh Robert Eggers doesn't want a budget that big ever again. He thought it was too much. Yeah. And he kinda... Yeah, I think they did mention that. On there. I mean, you can always give it away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, here, we're going to give you $100 million to make a movie. Cool. I need $30 million of this, but uh, what's Matty Doe doing? What's Jonathan Quartos doing? <laughs> hey, guys, here's, here's a couple bucks. Yeah, there you go. Well, all I can say is this podcast can't stop unless you tell it to. <laughs> <laughs> Not that then. I would want it to. <laughs> we'll probably st- still keep going. <laughs> we'll never run out of movies to cover. Oh, but let's, uh, I mean, we kind of touch on it a bit, but like, uh, this is like the second vampire movie I brought up on this. Uh, mm. Probably won't be the last unless you guys are tired of me already, which I totally get. But what's uh, what are some of your favorite vampire movies, or maybe like favorite? Um, now let's not go vampire. It can be vampires, but let's go with like because this is a vampire movie that isn't quite the vampire movie you think it is. Like mm-hmm. maybe there's a zombie movie that kind of goes outside the lines, or a werewolf movie that goes outside the lines, or um, you know, just something that on its face mm. seems like it's something we've seen before a million times but mm. then you watch it and it's like this kind of this kind of goes a step beyond that mm, that's a good question i don't know if i have a good answer just um, to kind of I... just to kind of <laughs> get your mind going in different directions you might not have went otherwise I, uh, well, you I, said I, vampire I... and i thought of this reimagination of dracula that was done in 1971 in italy by uh, Corrado Farina, who's the director of Baba Yaga, I guess it's his biggest film, where he makes an allegory to uh, Italian capitalism in the 70s by using a businessman as this blood-sucking devil. And I just... The movie's not very good, but it it always sticks in my head as a, a unique take on Dracula, where instead of having a castle with a nothing in it he has a mansion full of sports cars and luxury hmm. and what and what what's that one called they they have changed their face i'm writing that down <laughs> that's another title that i like <laughs> they have changed their boss yeah i all 1971 I can... yeah yeah all right all I can think of are all the really crappy um, like romance movies that came out with these types of characters like vampires and <laughs> zombies back in, you know, the 2010s. 
where you had, you know, the Twilight series where it kind of, you know, it took a vampire, scary Dracula character and made it for like teenage girls to fawn over, um, which is just, it's different. But I also remember <laughs> there was a, a movie that took, um, made zombies love interests too. It was called Warm Bodies. It was based off a book like Twilight was. I think it came out in like 2013. Didn't do well. The way that they defeat the zombies was like through the power of love, I think, where they like returned. You could like reverse the zombie-ness if you kissed them. I don't remember exactly. Warming their hearts. Yeah, you like warmed their hearts um, (laughs) instead of like just killing them. They had some cute zombies in it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. Those are, I just think of like, that's kind of how I was first introduced, I think, to these typical like monster characters was just crummy <laughs> teen movies. Yeah, I think a lot of people were like, because Disney did a lot of, and now we got the Hotel Transylvania, which 100% next generation, a lot of kids will say they found out about Dracula and Frankenstein. Because of Hotel Transylvania, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really have anything that's like more compelling, I guess, in terms of like monster <laughs> movies. I was thinking of, uh, the, I mean, this one's not serious. And actually, there's one part of it I got kind of a problem with, but uh, the Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a horror comedy. Okay, whatever. I'll check it out. And then, you know they just kind of they take the expectations of the horror and it, it was really clever how they kind of uh flipped it on said we're like oh we're just we're just two guys hanging out but like the you know the the kids just happen to be looking at them at the wrong time so it's got kind of the mr wilson dennis amendus kind of vibe i've always dennis seen that movie like to be advertises it all the time i just never clicked on it yeah. but it, yeah it looked like a horror comedy it, it know, like, is Shaun yeah, but the the point of Tucker and Dale versus Evil, the whole point of it is that these kids going through the woods keep seeing Tucker and Dale mm. doing these things that look like they're psycho hillbilly ki- killers, mm-hmm. but you go to, you get to see their point of view, and you know they're just doing innocuous things. It just happens to look really bad, and but then there's like one thing that happens at the end where. Um, they're like, oh, sometimes you just gotta take what you want. And then guy goes like they're in a bowling alley, and the guy goes and like uh punches this girl in the face, drags her away, and just gives a thumbs up. I was like, oh, that was a that was a weird choice, but okay. <laughs> but like everything <laughs> up until that point was really good. Yeah. Haven't seen it, but maybe we'll <laughs> watch it at some point. Yeah, that I I would say I would say give it like give it about 15 20 minutes and then you'll you'll know if you're in for the rest of it but i think it's clever enough that you might be in yeah that kind of reminded me of like horror comedies the uh we did a, a really quick episode on um anna versus the apocalypse yes anna versus the apocalypse which is a zombie movie but it's a musical zombie movie and it's a christmas movie yeah and it is a, it's a christmas movie it's a christmas yeah. musical zombie movie so yeah. it really oh. really um you know has yeah has something for everybody i wanted to watch it at a horror horror film festival my friends were not into it so then i bought the dvd and watched it and was like 
oh, I wish I watched this in theaters. It's really fun. There's another one. There's another one. I think it's called Spontaneous. I could get the. I might have the title wrong. I think it's called Spontaneous, but it looks like just like a regular like YA, like maybe a a high school romantic thing, um, with like Mm, mild horror elements. That's in my watch Um, list currently. Yeah, it's just a a bunch of uh, kids in there just spontaneously start combusting. And then, okay, okay, this is a fun horror movie. And then as it goes on, it's like, just like really, uh, I don't know, it's as the movie went on, it's like, this is like way better than it has any right to be. Like, they're just going above and beyond with this premise and with the characters and everything. So that that would probably be one that on its surface seems like uh, this will be a, a, a stupid, maybe fun thing. And then I watch it and I was like, oh, this is way better than than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, much like how I felt with this movie. There you go. Way better than I thought it was going to be originally. Except, with, except without spontaneously combusting characters. Yeah, no, no, no spontaneous combustion in this movie. Not a lot of laughs either. No, no, it is pretty. It, it's pretty somber, but I think that unlike some other movies that are like pretty much somber throughout, it doesn't necessarily need to have any any breaks of of like a joke or anything like that in it because it is so short and kind of succinct. succinct. So it doesn't like make it feel like it's just dogpiling on you sadness, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also I think with like uh like if this broke out into I don't know, it could get a little comedy in there. I, I guess there's like a couple kind of parts where it's kind of like kind of crack a smile funny, but not like, you know, yeah, that's like good. the uh yeah the the one uh carrying at the thing is like you should smile more it's like i i get what i see what you're doing there yeah <laughs> yeah but then but then you go back to why she's not smiling it's like oh mm. god yeah it's like uh, <laughs> oof, tragic but i think everyone's good with leaving it at that i think that's all that we have oh. for this episode yes do you want to tell the people where they can find you at one last time? They can find me in Colorado Springs at my house. Um, <laughs> don't actually uh, go there. We 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 usually have uh, we have usually have people over on the weekends to party and watch football. There you, um, go. Uh, you can also find me on uh, every week. I'm on Finder Film, and lately I've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of interviews with like you know indie directors and so on and so forth uh that was usually uh greg's thing and been doing that for a couple of them those have been fun really fun um i'm not quite as good as greg is at that but you know (laughs) it's like anything you do it for a while and then maybe you'll get better or at least that's the idea we'll see what happens but also every every month the top of every month i joined greg and bruce again on cinematics and on that one, we don't really cinematics. We don't really review movies. That's more of a preview of what's to come out. Mm-hmm. And then Finder Film is where we actually do the reviews on them. Go check him out, and we. And will... then I come on here. Yes. The spoiler discussion. <laughs> they, yes, yes. We are not a spoiler friendly, or we're not a. We spoil the heck out of movies. That's what I'm just trying to say. <laughs> exactly. But uh, then, yeah, yeah. If you go back a couple of years, you can find the episode on finder film where we're talking about my heart can't beat unless you tell it to and you can just watch me kind of stumble over my own words trying not to give things away and <laughs> try to talk about the movie without talking about it which can be frustrating but yeah, it's still exactly. fun nonetheless 
That's why we just spoil it because I think yeah. it's it's too hard for my brain to keep up with. <laughs> there are uh, there there's there's something wrong with the younger brother. I don't want to spoil it for you, but <laughs> I want to tell you what it is. He he's a little different than other kids. <laughs> His eyes are a bit more bloodshot than most, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell you what that means. <laughs> But I think that's all for now. So we'll see you guys next time. Yep. Good times, great oldies.